Okay, <clears throat> there we go. So just want to thank RJ, first of all, for coming in and uh, doing the interview. Um, and this is for um, Living in the New Renaissance, which is a podcast I'm just starting off. Uh, you'd actually be number five for the interviews. So just so uh, people know, RJ is actually the... Um, he has a, a whole bunch of letters and stuff after his name, and he does lots of choir stuff, and I think he's like... Super high trained muckety muck type letters and stuff. So he's, uh, I've, I've uh, taken music and stuff with him now for a while, and RJ's uh, awesome. So, anyways, I'm going to just start off here. We've got about uh, four or five questions I've already sent over to RJ, so he won't be terribly surprised. <coughs> but I'm going to start off with the first one, which was uh, You're originally American, and what gave you the idea to mu- immigrate to Canada? Yeah, that's a good question. So I, I did my undergrad degree in Canada um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, um, so initially I was looking for a school uh, with um, some religious ties um, that also offered a music program. And there were a couple of schools I found. One was in Nebraska, one was in uh, Alberta. And I opted to come to Alberta uh, for whatever reason, but I ended up here. And then the reason I stayed was um, uh, while there I met um, met a girl that would become my wife later on, but she had work lined up in in uh, and planned to stay in Alberta after she graduated. So I started looking for work and and ended up here uh, because of that, really. Well, so the program in Alberta was that in Three Hills? That or? was in Three Hills, yeah, yeah. At Prairie Bible College. Yeah, yeah, I know it. Uh, they actually came around to to the town in central Alberta I was in when I was a kid, so. Okay. Had yeah. A, had a crush on one of the girls that uh, was teaching there at one point. Oh, so, very good. Yeah, yeah she was cute. <laughs> so that totally explains it right there. Canadian girls are cute. Um, how difficult was the process for you to, to actually immigrate to Canada? Yeah, the process itself was not difficult, but it was uh, time consuming. Um, so uh, one nice thing was uh, Jeanette, my, my wife, she um, she's Canadian. Uh, so she was once we got married, she was able to sponsor me under the the family class uh, at, for permanent residency. Um, but that process took about a year, year and a half longer than they say it's supposed to. Um, so um, during that process, it just... Um, we suspect that there that maybe um, can, uh, Canadian immigration had lost my first medical uh, that I sent in um, because uh, when we started really pushing to get that done, uh, that was the document they re-requested. Um, but yeah, it it just took time, um, and that was the big frustration. Uh, as far as citizenship goes, uh, that was a, actually a pretty painless process. It was. Uh, the form, and it was far quicker than I thought it would be, only a few months, and I expected it to be about a year. Yeah. Cool. So the whole process from beginning to end, about what, two and a half years, somewhere in that range? 
like from me coming to Canada to be to becoming a citizen, like be pre-residency, or from when you decided, okay, I'm going to start the process to become a citizen. Yeah. To actually. So I, um, when I first moved up here, I was on a work permit, and I became a permanent resident. So we applied for that. That must have been 2012, 2011 or 2012 that we started that application, uh, and I didn't get my residency until uh, 2013. So I must have started that actually in 2010, my residency application. And then you have to spend so much time as a resident in the country before you can apply for citizenship. So I had to spend another three or four years here before I could even even apply. So. Okay, cool. It's it's just kind of neat to see it the other way because um, right now every, just about everybody that's listening to to this will be in the United States. So it's kind of neat to see somebody from the United States coming to Canada for a perspective check for them as opposed to somebody coming from Canada into the United okay, States. Okay, yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I was asking. So Yeah. Cool. So it kind of segues a little bit into the music as well, which is the uh, second question. So in your music career, has there ever been a performance that you're so proud of that when you finished it, you thought, yeah, this is, you know, everything made this totally worth it? Yeah, there's there certainly been a few of them. Um, so um, uh, one choir I've been involved in in Edmonton for a few years, they did a big 50th anniversary concert uh, five, six years ago. And that was a big production that turned out really, really well. It was uh, a sold-out crowd, almost standing room only in the venue, which didn't really happen very often at choir concerts, in my experience. So that was pretty exciting. Um, more recently, uh, I was involved in uh, a doctoral student's uh, graduate recital, and he did a big production of um, Benjamin Britten's St. Nicholas, and I was doing all of the... Uh, tenor solo work for that, um, and that was a great experience. It was really probably the, probably the highlight of my musical career so far. Um, cool. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm going to ask the the contrary question because this is one that that uh, I actually enjoyed writing. Has there ever been such a dumpster fire that you've been involved with that it ever made you question continuing on? Yeah. Um, other, no. other than tonight. Yeah, no, no, tonight was fine. Uh, no, the, there have certainly been dumpster fires, um, none of which have made me question being a musician. Um, I, uh, yeah, for a number of other things I've done in my life, even the dumpster fires are better than some of those things. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I can think of of um, a few examples. Again, it's it's a fairly small music community, so I won't say any names, but but uh, there are one or two graduate recitals of other other um, other students in, in Alberta that that those processes were pretty rough. Um, and um, and more recently, a uh, uh, choir I'm involved in, there was a, a production that just had too many moving pieces. There were too many guest artists and stuff on the program, and it just, it was kind of a disaster until it was over. And, gotcha. Yeah. The sticks, the spinning plates, the donkey, and the cart. And yeah. The, yeah, it all fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen those a couple of times, too. Um, okay, so what I'm going to do is just ask. Now, uh, one of the things, and I've, I've mentioned this to a few times as well, and the, the person, uh, people that have seen the podcast previous to this one will have seen this question, but um, when I was a kid, I had a grade six science teacher, and he went and told me something that just totally unlocked things for me. And that okay. was literally, 
I looked up at the sky every night and I always saw the same face on the moon. And I see the shadow going back and forth, and but it was always the same face. And he described a process to me called tidal locking, which means that the moon rotates just fast enough that it always has the same face facing us. Okay. And, and that got me thinking, this is something I observed. This is something he's told me. This came from books. Therefore, it got me really interested in science and the, the solar system and, and the universe in general and actually unlocked me and put me onto a path that was more scientific than my um, blue-collar or redneck family. Yeah. But w that's what's known as a watershed moment. So what kind of – I should get this exactly um, – Looking back, what was one of the major things that made you go, ah, yeah, that's it, that's what I want? Yeah, uh, um, there have been definitely a couple of them in, in my life. So um, when I first uh, started my musical path, I, I thought I would end up being in music ministry at, at, at a church or, or something like that, uh, doing contemporary um, music, uh, worship, and, and praise music. Um, and it was uh, during my undergrad that uh, I had a professor there that um, there was a conducting course um, that I took, and I, I, I was interested and then took a second conducting course. Um, and that uh, professor um, uh, just had a passion for choral conducting, and, and that passion was contagious to to. Um, at least me, maybe not the other students in the class, but definitely mm -hmm. for me and, and a couple uh, of us. And, and for me, I kind of got, got bit by the bug at that time and started exploring um, uh, choral conducting and working with choirs. And, and that, um, just that introduction really changed the course of my life completely. Um, and now that's what I do, right? I work with just choirs and, and I love it, absolutely love it. So it was a case of you saw him up there and, and you just literally almost saw yourself there all of a sudden just bang. Yeah, yeah, and just, just yeah, the passion that he had for it and and, and then the, a couple opportunities that he gave students too to work with his choir and stuff that realized that, hey, this is this is pretty rewarding being able to, to get particular sound and stuff out of an ensemble just by the way you move your hands and and um, and the way you teach in the early process it's, it's kind of amazing actually yeah actually the the closest I've ever had to that experience was watching Bugs Bunny in front of the orchestra oh yeah stuff. yeah <laughs> but I totally get it so I'm just gonna to kind of slide into the last question which was uh, now, what pieces of technology, like piano and metronome, uh, make your job easier, and how have they changed since you started? Mm, yeah. So, uh, even me as a fairly young guy, the technology has changed quite a bit. So, uh, I mean, as a musician, metronomes are pretty invaluable. And um, but, I mean, I think we all grew up with uh, with the stand standing wood metronome that you yep. moved moved a little slider and you wound it up and then it would start ticking back and forth um, um, uh, so yeah that of course I, I haven't seen one of those for quite a while now it's all iPhone apps and and um, and uh, a number of things actually on your phone now uh, you can get I mean even piano keyboard apps you can get pitch pipe apps and stuff it, it's really a tool that is pretty handy um, 
the, there's also one tool as a musician that has not changed since I started, and that's just the old-fashioned tuning fork. Um, it's it's great tool, and it's only audible r about right there, which the, the phone, of course, doesn't have that luxury that it, it once you press a button, it's heard anywhere. Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, smartphones and and app technology has really changed. Uh, the music game. Uh, I know a number of my colleagues. I, I don't personally, but they almost all uh, scan all of their music and, and use iPads almost um, almost um, uh, solely in in their music um, work. Um, I still like like penciling up a, an actual copy of music and, and being able to work that way. But but it it has really changed how how people interact and, and experience their their own music production. Yeah, even this year, I've, I've ran into that myself because I've got uh, three guitar, or not guitar, uh, three keyboard apps on the, my playbook here that's recording audio, uh, Perfect Piano being one of them. Yeah. And uh, also as well, uh, we were introduced uh, through my wife going to a ukulele class to an application called OnSong that has guitar tabs, ukulele tabs, I should say, all done through that app too. So Yeah. Yeah, and even just even on the like organizational side of things, I do all of my invoicing for different groups using an app. I do, uh, I mean, you do taxes now online pretty much, right? You do, I, I think I have an app for everything, for time tracking for some organizations. I have an app for that. It's, yeah, it's, it's instead of multiple tools all in different places, it's now kind of touch of a touch of a finger on a phone now so it's it's definitely changed made things a little more streamlined cool so is there anything else you can think of you want to work on or talk about or i don't think so yeah i just that's yeah i'm glad you invited me today that's it was fun to be interviewed and yeah yeah i, I could could help out in this way yeah it's kind of cool it's uh like i said it's it's just a starting podcast but uh you know looking back over the years and stuff i'll look back at this and go yeah that was cool that app we did and did this and prairie bible institute has changed a lot of young men's lives yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah all right yeah very good cool well thanks um and what i'll do is uh just wrap it up here and that way you can pack it for the night and when i get it all done i'll send you the link over for okay you yeah super thanks guys cool yeah thanks rj yeah have a good night you too i'll kill that Yeah.